just recollecting a sense of immense good fortune in my life to have encountered the Buddha Dhamma Encounter, have encountered uh, wise and compassionate beings that were willing to uh, allow me to live with them and to share their perspective, who patiently encouraged me to. Uh, little by little wake up. Didn't even know I was asleep. Knew I was hurting. I knew it was a kind of nightmare, I guess. And from having had uh, some pleasing experiences early on and some insights early on, I I thought, oh, wow, this is not so hard as I was sharing yesterday, or maybe yesterday, maybe this morning, I can't remember. But with typical American enthusiasm, we should crack this thing. And I was used to being able to just use sheer willpower and work hard enough. I wasn't the smartest one around. In fact, I felt stupid all my life, but I knew I could work hard. And I think I, I, what I, after 35 years of uh, making Dharma practice the center of my life, you know, as I'm sharing, immense gratitude. And yet, whoa, it's a big challenge, ongoing challenge. It's so easy to get overwhelmed. Seems so impossible sometimes. But with the encouragement of good friends, Uh, which goes back to the good friend, the Kalyanamitta, the person of integrity, the, the Buddha. He said, we can't do this without, we can't do this alone. That's why Sangha is a significant refuge. But when we befriend uh, someone who reminds us, hey, you can begin again, you can always take refuge in awareness of how it is now. Notice that it's changing. Then little by little, the, uh, the icebergs, the obstructions uh, melt. Sometimes even when it doesn't look like they're melting on the surface, as I was noting this morning on my walk, underneath there's a, there's a transformation happening. So I'm very grateful and, and very grateful to be with uh, you all who are still here five nights later. 
I know we've all thought about escaping. We've, some of us have even tried to escape. Yes. And by the grace of Buddha, <laughs> the grace of the mystery, the grace of something or other, we're still here. And, uh, and I have deep conviction, deep trust that uh, what we're doing is a blessing for ourselves, for each other, for our families, for our country, for this world, for this earth. If I keel over dead right now, great sense of we've used our time well, even if I keel over right now, no regrets. Oh, well, I'm still here. So this evening I'd like to go back and touch into a phrase that I started with, or a passage from the, from the Buddha. Uh, I think it's from the Anguttara Nikaya, one aspect of the texts. And I'll just recite part of it. Panyuttara Sabedama. Vimutti Sara Sabedama. Amato Gada Sabedama. Nibbana Pariyosana Sabedama. Panyuttara Sabedama. The first line. Panya means wisdom. Uttara overcomes. Sabedama. Sabe means all dhammas, every condition, every circumstance. The high moments, the low moments. The peaceful moments, the roller coaster, wild, crazy moments. The despairing moments when we realize we've really done wrong, done bad. The confident moments. Panyutara, wisdom. Wisdom overcomes. When there isn't wisdom, sometimes we, we get knocked around by conditions. Or to use the phrase that Tanisra quoted the other day, the phrase from the Master, Master Hua, the great Chinese Master, we get turned by conditions. We get swept, flooded, swept away by Restlessness, fevered desire, which has got to have aversion, shutting down of dullness, agitation. We get crushed. But that, that, that state of non-wisdom, that what the Buddha called avijja, is not our true nature. That's impermanent. There is the possibility of uh, connecting with part of our essential nature, which is to know how things are. That's the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom, knowing how things are, overcomes all conditions. Another way the Buddha described of accessing our wisdom, developing our wisdom, is yoniso manasikara. That was his phrase. Manasikara means to attend to. It's like being mindful. Mindful is an attending. Mindful of stepping. That means the link between ground of awareness and 
our feet, mindful of speaking, listening. We're not mindful going through the door. We run into somebody, knock into the wall. Oh, mindful of the pain. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's a door. Mindful of the door. Getting to the shrine room, getting to the meditation. Oh, that was a good thing. I'm getting there. And suddenly we notice we're clomping through and everyone's head is lifted up. Oh, mindful. Softly, softly. Mindful. That's manasikara. Yoniso manasikara. It's a certain kind of attention. Attention to the womb, to the matrix, to the origin, what could be called radical attention. Rad in terms of root. So, so we notice the condition, the walking, the seeing, the hearing. But Yoniso Manasikara, which is sometimes translated as wisely reflecting, but it doesn't have the depth of that word Yoni, which means womb, that which gives birth. Where is this condition coming from? Not in terms of an essay necessarily of, well, yesterday means right immediately investigating the origin. Like we can give attention to the sound of my voice, but we can notice the silence, the depth, the space before the sound. The sound that arises and dissolves back into that awareness, that silent awareness. Yoniso Manasikara means wisely reflecting, yes, being attentive, but also noticing the depth. So this next phrase, so wisdom, and that's part of how we develop our wisdom, reconnect with our depth. Wisdom overcomes all conditions. Vimutti sarasa bedama. When wisdom's there, then vimutti, vimutti means freedom. Sara means, like my name, Kitty Saro. Saro means essence. My name means worthy of honor. So my teacher gave me my name to try to live in a way that's worthy. Vimutti Sara means the essence of Sabedama. All conditions is free. What's the opposite of free? It means bounded, limited, locked up. We feel that way, don't we? We feel trapped in the body sometimes, the pain. We even say it, I'm in pain. Trapped in, and, and drowning in self-disparagement, self-aversion, and, it, and that's a, it's endemic in our culture, this, no matter what we do, could have been a little more mindful, no matter what we do. That wasn't very peaceful, was it? No matter what we do, you just ate too much, you're a bit of a pig, you know, no matter what we do. Oh, so, so now you're proving just how spiritual you are? Yeah, yeah, just make see who else can notice? Mm-hmm. No matter what we do, Tyrant. Sometimes we feel trapped, bounded. Yes, boss, you know, we just. <sighs> when there's wisdom, then, 
wisdom, the only samanasikara, we notice that voice, for example, give radical attention, yeah, attention to the surface, but also noticing that it's impermanent. It dissolves back into the silence, the knowing. This is just something to reflect on, that all conditions have as their true essence not being locked up, but being unbounded. This is back to this idea that our nature, our heart is luminous. It is unbounded. The next line. Amato gadasabedama. Amata means deathless. Someone was asking about deathless. Amato gadasabedama. Sabedama, all conditions merge in the deathless. All conditions merge in that which never dies. No. <coughs> Tickle in my throat. What could that be about? All conditions merge in that which never dies. Radical attention, wise reflection, attention to the origin can reveal this. But oftentimes the Buddha spoke in similes so that we could... Uh, it's a simile, but still can give us a feeling for. So what one of the similes that helps me is the image of the ocean. And we... We, um, in KwaZulu-Natal, where we've lived for 16 years, and uh, up in the mountains, occasionally Tanisha and I would go to get away from the stresses of life, <sighs> trying to run a hermitage and failing a lot, and we would go three hours down to the coast, uh, where on the Indian Ocean, and, uh, and then the vastness of the sea. And uh, Tamisra loves the sea, and she loves uh, swimming. But she was very hesitant to go in at first, at first. And I was going to say, don't worry, I'll lead the way. So I led the way, plowed right in, and then the next thing I knew, I felt like my neck was being broken. And a a wave just crushed me. I stood up, not even realizing it had ripped my suit off. Somewhat humbled. (laughs) Somewhat humbled. I could then look, and then I was able to recognize that's a big wave. Be careful. (laughs) There's a big wave, and it's a surfing wave, but that's not for me. And then you can notice the little waves, the big waves, the thousands of little rivulets that are glistening in the light. And notice how consciousness works. We we notice the (laughs) dangerous wave. Yeah, and we notice the more gentle one uh, and go like that. And, uh, but where do all waves merge? Because we, you know, I mean, you know, when the big wave crashes on the shore, you know, we, most of us don't burst out crying, oh, it was tragic. It was so beautiful and it was just dashed. <laughs> and you say, Kitty, so, uh, it's, it's just water, you know, it's, 
It's, so where do the waves merge? Yes, consciousness can look at the surface and see the big wave, the small wave. But if we, if we, yonisomanisikara, we wisely reflect, we'll, we'll see that the waves in their depth are not two. They're not separate. Or a similar simile is 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 the earth. We can we can we can go outside and, and notice the the pine trees or the evergreen trees that keep their color, and we notice those that lose the leaves. You know the the oak trees, the different kind of trees. Where do all the different sorts of trees merge? You know when a branch falls off, when it's cut down goes back into the earth. Or even the, the, the pine tree, the beautiful pine tree or the oak tree, where do they merge? You know, down in the roots. You go down into the earth where you where oh, that's not the tree. Oh, all right. Cut a tree off from its roots. It's not a tree then. The the roots of the tree so, so consciousness is seeing Superficial consciousness is not wise. It's, 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 it's not practicing yonisomanasikara. Now those are just similes. But consciousness, notice how, how it, it scans. And then with language and marking, you know, we see, oh yeah, you're here and they're there. Yeah, oh, but uh, so-and-so didn't come. You know, and, but I'm here. <laughs> I've been here. Every sitting. <laughs> yeah, and then we miss a sitting. Oh, God, I, I hope, did, did you notice? I was hoping to impress them. So consciousness takes me, it takes you. It gets focused on objects. Where do the conditions merge? So as we start attending and noticing change, Noticing what arises and ceases. Noticing sounds, for example, is one of the best ways. We can, we can notice the sound, but can we notice the space before and after the sound? Especially noticing our thoughts. Our thoughts that uh, seem so convincing, you know. I just can't do it. It's too much. No, I'm talking a fact. It's overwhelming. (laughs) I mean, this is not a joke. It is overwhelming. And okay. But do we notice the gap? You can take your gap into this is overwhelming. You know what you can do with your gap. Overwhelming. In our monastic life, there was a whole retreat we did where our teacher just said, mind the gap. 
mind. In, in, in London, you know, in the underground system, they don't want you falling in the, on the track where the electric rail is and you get fried. You know, so they say, be careful when you're stepping on. But, uh, but in, in Buddhism, we plunge into the gap. Because that's where we discover when we give attention to the womb, give attention to the root, to the origin, we have the chance to notice where things merge. This is the returning, the great reversal when we're just out thinking we're going to get there, we're, 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 we're going to get there, and uh, it's going to be great. Let's get there. I had a friend who worked so hard for the holiday. I mean, he worked get on holiday and then he got on holiday and then he's always leaning to the next thing he's, he couldn't enjoy it because he's so at some point when we're grasping and things keep eluding us we turn back and think wait we start to notice change notice that uh, phenomenon conditioned phenomena is ungraspable and to grasp, to look for certainty in that which is uncertain, as Ajahn Chah says, is a recipe for exhaustion, for frustration. So in our moments of that weariness, that's helpful, that's skillful, we then can start to think, hey, what, what, what's going on here? It's our language that makes us think, no, but that's happiness, it's good, and then it dissolves. Oh, maybe, maybe the next one, and the next one, and the next one, and the next one. At some point, we, we then contemplate, hey, this is, this is exhausting. We contemplate letting go. Letting a condition end, and then noticing the gap. Embracing dying. Birth being, this is the Buddha, decay and death comes to be. With the arising of birth, decay and death arises. Birth not being, decay and death does not come to be. With the cessation of birth, decay and death ceases. When there's not wisdom, and then we, we, we have a pleasant feeling. Yes, this is good. And we, we, we grasp it. Praise or tranquility or things just feeling good. And that's, that's birth. But because all conditions, every sight, every sound, every form, every perception is of the nature the very next instance already shifting and changing. So that moment of birth, which seems so innocent, already in that moment we've created death. 
We've created despair. We created it. By assuming, yes, this is a thing, something I can have, I can be supported by. We do that all the time with our thoughts, with conditions. When there's no, when there's not grasping, when there's grasping, if I'm leaning on something and then it moves, I fall over. If there's not grasping, if I'm balanced in my awareness, in the ground, that place where all things merge, it's, it's a place that's not a place. Then when conditions change, conditions just change. We don't get knocked over by them. All things merge. Every sound, every sight arises, vibrates, and dissolves back into this ocean, this ground of knowingness, listening, awareness. Each of these words is just a word. Whatever we say about it is not it. Yet we can be it, recognize it, align with it. All the seemingly different conditions merge in the deathless, in that which never dies. Nibbana pariyosana. All thingness, all the sense of separation is, is ends. Everything is completed in Nibbana. Wise reflection, beginning again in each moment. Denisra mentioned that the Buddha said our, our conditions are actually like bubbles. They're not as solid as we think they are. He actually said all conditions are like dreams, illusions, bubbles, shadows, like dew drops in a lightning flash. Contemplate them thus, thus, when we're present, present, and we're able to see the conditions change. A bubble, we're looking, as she was mentioning, on the river, we see, we see bubbles, and we can see it, and the light's glistening in it, it's beautiful. That's a beautiful, beautiful bubble. It exists, there it is, it is, and then pop. Oh, no, no, it's empty. It doesn't exist. There's another one. It's beautiful. It is. Pop. It isn't. It is. Pop. 
It isn't a big debate argument. Light is a wave, light is a particle, light is a wave, light is a particle. Wave and a particle, is and isn't. Is, neither is, neither is, nor isn't. Mm -hmm. This dharma cannot be described. This true nature cannot be described. Words fall silent before it. Conditions arise and dissolve. Or they're like dewdrops. When I was, used to walk uh, our beloved dog that I talked about this morning, Jack, every morning, he was my personal trainer. <laughs> I owe what a lot of the little modicum of health I have back again to my personal trainer. We would walk and he would check out everything, find out where the baboons had been and the different creatures. While he was checking out, keeping things safe, keeping me moving, I sometimes would notice the myriads of, of early morning dewdrops. Sometimes the spider webs in the morning with the light just such. There are millions of jewels, tiniest, tiniest dewdrops. <sighs> Perception can notice them. Even give a name to them. But when the light changes, the sun changes, and then they're they're gone. We call them things, but they're not things. They're not actually separate from the sun, from the temperature. It's all hooked up. It's all a web. But perception fixates, loses the connection, loses the depth. When we get contracted around our worries and our thoughts, and particularly our thoughts, we lose the fact that this very thought, this very feeling, this very mood is resonating and appearing right now in a measureless awareness. So I really encourage us to begin to embrace the endings. Even slow the thought down. I am a basket case. <laughs> I am a basket case. <laughs> and just just hear that. It's like a bubble. <laughs> and then hear the gap. You didn't hear me. I am a basket <laughs> case. And then here, and then who are we in the gap? Ah, 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 ah. Maybe I'm enlightened. Dissolving. <laughs> I was enlightened yesterday, but I lost it today. Dissolving. She's enlightened and I'm not. Dissolving. We're so fixated on forms in our culture. We, we need to acknowledge the formless. The space around the forms. The space around us. The silence around the sounds. The awareness that's in touch with each experience. And so rather than thinking, 
try to figure things out. Should I do this and should I do that? I mean, this is important. (laughs) It is important. Yes, it is. But it's also important to spend some time gathering thought into yonisomanasikara, gathering thought into wise reflection, noticing where all thoughts merge. So if I'm a basket case, it's just too close to the bone. Sometimes it, you know, even my name, my name is Kesaro. If even that's too close, you could say, yeah, the sky is blue. Just notice the thought, that, that internal familiarity we have with it. But a simple thought, hear it resonating. Notice the space right before it. Resonating and ending. Mind the gap. Actually, the sense of separation is all manifested out of thinking. And it's not even the fault of thinking. Thinking discerns something, which can be helpful. You know, I can point to discern little finger, ring finger, middle finger, index finger, thumb. But I don't have to really imagine that each is absolutely separate. I can sense that it's part of a totality. But when we think without wisdom, we, we somehow let those, those little bubbles somehow convince us that they have the whole truth. I'm a basket case. Some little bubble in the mind. What are we doing? Or I'm the greatest, I'm right. Or God is speaking me and telling me to kill somebody. We need radical reflection to know that's a thought, a wave that's arising and ceasing. When we get that into perspective, that wisdom, that prajna, that which stands before knowing, before being able to discern it's a this or a that, a this or a that arises, a kitty sorrow dissolves. A tenisra dissolves. A you dissolves. She, he. As it dissolves, what stands prior to that? Even when the thought's gone and the sound dissolves, there's still a knowingness, a presence. It's our ground floor. It's the ground of our being, the depth of our being. But when we're so busy, oh, but I, uh, who will I be if I fall into the gap? I'm, sometimes we're so keen to be someone, you know, even if we're the, I can stand on my leg longer than anybody else in the whole world, getting the Guinness Book of World Records. Or, or even if I'm just the troublemaker, at least I know who I am. Or the... The basket case is even maybe better than emptiness. We, but when we cling all the time looking for certainty, it's so stressful. It has to be propped up all the time. Can we trust the saints and sages, the wise ones that tell us, hey, actually, 
You can honor birth and death. It's okay. Embrace it. Namo. Someone was asking about namo. Namo means I return my life. I call it my body, but I don't really own it. It goes its way. I can take care of it as best I can, but it goes its way. Get sick, we'll die. I can see changes and allow them in moments. Namo, return back to nature what belongs to nature. Namo, when we practice bowing or we practice letting go, we're practicing relaxing into our ground, which is always here. Returning. Then conditions arise and cease. Exist, they stand out and dissolve. The sounds come and go. This is called, this form of meditation is uh, called turning your mind or heart to the deathless. It's being aware of awareness. Letting the attention return. Or Kuan Yin, the great Bodhisattva of compassion, this was her meditation. She described it as returning the hearing. Each sound, when we notice it dissolves, returns back to the suchness. This is a patient process, so I really encourage us to stay with it. As I told you, I was all excited when I started. I got to Thailand, and you know, I told you the story of how Ajahn Chah made fun of my meditation, but he, you know, I was quite touched by it. Right on my first meeting, and you know, he told me, you know, see if you can just be with one thing, you'll understand everything. And then soon after that, I was, uh, before I was given a hut, I was living in a, just uh, wasn't even ordained yet, living in a, like, open air kind of structure that didn't even have proper walls. But as I was sleeping in there, my first weeks with Ajahn Chah, I had a dream. And um, uh, in it, I was in this huge jet that was, had hundreds of seats. It was quite empty. And up at the front was my old wrestling coach, who was really my first guru. He, he, um, he was a hard, hard man, but he, he, was, he wanted to bring the best out of people. He taught us the law of karma. He said, Whatsoever thou soweth, ye knucklehead, <laughs> that shall ye also reap. Then he'd kick you. <laughs> but I mean, it, it sounds a bit tough. But he was really, he really, he really brought the best out of us. Oh, he made us. Uh, I could talk for hours about him. But he was tough. But he was wonderful. He wanted us to grow. He pushed us, but he wanted us to grow. 
So this big, huge jetliner, there he is, way up at the front, in his uniform. He was called Major Worsham. He's in this kind of military uniform. And he was doing a degree to the left, degree to the right. Slight changes, but it's like this big, huge jetliner was right on path. And in the dream, I could see the jet was flying inside. It's like a galaxy. Ajahn Chah, when I first met him, the huts were on stilts. So his little simple hut was upstairs, and I met him in his space underneath the hut, in between the posts. And this jet was flying, or this spaceship, whatever it was, was flying in this place under Ajahn Chah's hut. And, and it was just right on track. And, um, which was neat. And I noticed this <laughs> big space. And then I noticed this bad smell. Oh, what's that? And there was this, there was one other guy on the plane. And he was a wreck. He was just smelly. He'd look terrible. <laughs> he was sick. And, uh, I just, What's he doing here? <laughs> and you know, at that time, when I showed up, I was strong. I could walk on my hands for 50 yards. I, could, I was teaching the early days monks yoga, you know, before dawn. I could go from a stand, back bend into a handstand, and then back again, and do all that. I had, I had such a big chest that some of the uh, Thai village women used to laugh and say they thought I was a girl at first because I was such a big... <laughs> So, you know, I was proud of being strong. And uh, but anyway, so I woke up from, from my dream vision, <coughs> thrilled because I knew I was in the right place. There was my wrestling coach. There was the jet. It was right on track in Ajahn Chah's hut. And well, who was that guy? I just put that out of my mind. And then, you know, later in my monastic life, I got so sick. Remember, at first, I just used, was using willpower. I thought, you can do this all with will. I mean, I wasn't content just to practice. I had to find, what are the hardest practices? Oh, okay, so you can do a practice where you don't lie down. Oh, okay. So the first uh, rains retreat, I thought, no, I'll do the sitter's practice. So I didn't lie down for three months. And then I thought, you know, why not I throw fasting in there too? That wasn't even recommended by the book. <laughs> throw that one in there, and then take on special duties. Oh, I'll massage the abbot's feet and do other things. And, and you know, I was doing kind of all this stuff because I'm going to get there. I'm going to blow the lid off this thing. <laughs> and, um, you know, it wasn't long till I mean, I had diarrhea for six months. I then st- got bit by a centipede. Then I started urinating blood. And then I ended up uh, with typhoid. And, I mean, I was sick big time sick and uh, you know for years I was on the mat literally lying down for years and uh, and then you know at some point I kind of realized who that guy on the plane was <laughs> it was me and one of the main lessons for me so why I'm telling you this is some of these things that we think why me and it's not fair and who would do such a thing? And, you know, the greatest teacher for me was very, very, has been wonderful, that sickness. Because I was just addicted to willpower. Willpower has its place. You know, striving. 
but will takes you to more conditions. At some point in our practice, if we don't have surrender and letting go, we don't know the depth of the heart. Let something go. And in, in lying down all those years, and I, you know, I couldn't, you know, my teacher finally realized he was remembering me be so strong, he finally apologized, this Tanisha told you. He said, I've been wanting you to get well and putting all this pressure on you. You have permission to die. He said, Kitty, so I'm not saying I want you to die, but we're sorry we've been stressing you. And I just had permission for hours and hours and hours, you know, just to practice letting go and being supported by the floor, the ground. Letting, when you're really weak, you can't even hold a thought. Letting each thought dissolve back into that ground of being. It's wonderful. Had a chance to really get the feeling for that in us which does not die, which is fine. It's always been fine, always will be fine. And I realized, you know, slowly, that this, what I hated, you know, not being able to do stuff, was a real blessing. That it, 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 there wasn't a mistake. There was something. So this stuff that that was coming up, you know, I encourage us really, you know, really have moments of sensing. This is teaching us, teaching us. And whatever opinions we have about ourselves, keep remembering this, this uh, contemplation of the gap. Hear it being thought and then dissolving the space around it. And the thoughts themselves don't hurt. It's when we have to contract and believe them or disbelieve them. We don't have to do that. We just have to realize that everything arises and ceases right down into that ground. So namo, an important part of our practice is I return. I return. And we can practice it with each out-breath, just letting be. Like a mother with a swing, and the child comes to us, and then we let the child go as the child swings. They let go on the out-breath, resting. When the in-breath comes, we touch it for a moment. And let go as we breathe out. And just get the feeling for just being. The thoughts that come and go, all the things that fine. Just the sense of letting be as we let go. So as I began, I feel a sense of great, tremendous gratitude for the immense good fortune of encountering uh, good people, wise people, 
in uh, encountering the teachings of the awakened one. So I really encourage us to let's make use of this opportunity. finishing by sharing the blessings of this day for the welfare of all beings near and far, good and bad, above and below, because ultimately all beings merge. All things aren't really things. Our true nature, our true nature is not apart from everyone finishing by sharing the goodness of our lives with everyone, all things, all beings. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.